0: Good morning to everyone and greetings in the name of Christ. Um, Thank you all for participating so far in this service. And um, I'm going to take the message this morning is taken out of Matthew 5, 16. And it simply says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And that's kind of the reasons why I had people bring candles this morning is I'm a visual kind of person. And so when I can see something, I can understand it a little better. So I would like for you to look at these candles and and each candle, as as I think we have enough here for everyone, but if you pick out a candle and that is your life, you are shining for everyone to see. Now, we could have left them all unlit this morning and it wouldn't have had the same effect. Same way with your life, if your light is not lit by the Holy Spirit, by the fire of God, And then you're just going to sit there. So if we turn to Matthew chapter 5, we'll look at the verse, at verse 16, let your light so shine before men. But I also want to give it in the context that it's written. In Matthew 5, verse 1, Jesus, and that's the Sermon on the Mount, he says, and and, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on the Mount, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And then he opened his mouth and he, he taught them, saying, and starting in verse 3, it gives what we call the Beatitudes. So when we look, I'm going to read verses 3 through 16, and we understand the, the context that verse 16 is written in. We read verses 3 through 15, and it gives a little bit better light to it. So starting in verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. And the first part is letting your light shine, the second part is your good works, and the third part is glorifying your Father. And I think it's important to remember that when we shine our light, it is so easy to draw attention to ourselves, and that's not the point. So as we let our light shine, remember that it's for the sole purpose of glorifying the Father and reaching out to those around us. So how do we let our light shine? What are some practical ways that we let our light shine? And I appreciate this morning in the testimonies, um, when Kurt shared that they stayed for what an extra half an hour out of the day. And you could say, well, I was too busy for that. But I believe that he let his light shine to just two people. And that's one way we can do it. Some of the, some of the things I wrote down is how can we let our light shine? is by helping others. And that could be um, raking somebody's yard. It could be paying a bill. It could be fixing something for them. It's so many different ways that you can help others. Um, probably the most um, practical, the best one, is sharing Christ with unbelievers. That's the way we shine our light, it is just opening up the Word of God and sharing truths with an unbeliever. That is how we let our light shine. Some people write books. Now, I don't write books, but, but books have blessed people. So maybe if you enjoy reading a good book that blesses you, that is one way to do it. Um, singing. Maybe you're gifted at singing and, and share, the, the, share the word through song with other people. Uh, missions. Doing mission work. Either going in the mission field or being involved in a small mission project of some kind, but that's one way we can let our light shine. And then Praying. Praying is an important way that we can share our, shine our light. Um, how about just plain being nice to people? That is a good way to, be, to share the light of God. And if we go back and look at verses 3 through 12 of chapter 5, those are ways that we can let our light shine. Being poor in spirit, uh, being meek, Hungering after thirst, hungering after righteousness, and um, and being peacemakers. There's so many things in here that that we can do to shine our light. Now the question we ask ourselves is, who has fulfilled this duty? And you say, well, I've did part of it, but maybe not all of it, and that can be true. Now the other question is, is how many have failed at letting our light shine? So what are some ways that, now we have these candles lit now. If I would say, I want all of you that came up to light a candle, I want you to come up right now and blow them out. And you say, what's the point? I'd like to have them up here for the whole service. And that's true. And I'm not gonna make you come up and blow them out. But you know that if throughout during your day or sometime in your life, when you do something that discourages somebody else, you blew out your candle, you did something to make so that your light's not shining. So how can we blow our candle out? How can we make so our light doesn't shine? We could simply say, Is selfishness in us. Because as we let our light shine, it's God in us. So self has to go out. But as soon as self comes in, does our light go out? How many people have you disappointed in life? I have. Think about Moses. How did Moses feel when he killed the Egyptian? And he thought he was doing God a good deed. And the next day, or was it several days later, his own people were upset. Are you going to kill us also? And he took off and fled. And I believe he was gone for 40 years that he was out, that God had had to read. Program, so to speak. Do you think he, he felt like his candle was like that? he was shining the light of God? But yet, when you think of Moses, what do you think of? Do you think of a strong leader that led the children about and led them through the wilderness? Or do you think of the person that was so dejected that he basically ran away? And I'm not going to say this 100% sure, but I can, I'll, I'll say this, I can almost guarantee that every great evangelist that's been in history, you think of the Billy Grahams, the D.L. Moody's, that at some point in their life, they had a moment where they felt discouraged because of something they did where their light went out. Maybe it was something they said. Maybe it was an action they did. And I think the point is, is that if, you're, if your desire is to let your light shine, that you, if you do put it out, get it lit back again as soon as possible. Don't wait 40 years like Moses before he came back and led the children out of, out of Israel or out of Egypt. I have two stories, and they're just really short stories, but <clears throat> so one thing that I don't necessarily in my life, I don't necessarily think of all the times that I've been successful or whatever. I tend to think about Some of the the times, the mistakes that I've made. Now, years ago, my dad um, became friends with an individual, and he would come down to work almost every day. And it was a way for him to, in other words, share the light of gospel with him. He'd come in, grab his cup of coffee, yak a little bit, then leave. One day, this individual came in the shop, and he was back where I was working, and he was being his normal self. And when he left, or I thought he left, there was a customer that was standing in the shop, and as soon as he went out the door, this customer said, now that guy's crazy. And my mistake was, I didn't say yes, I didn't say no. And I remember just kind of chuckling a little bit like, you know, like that. Well, he hadn't left, and he heard. He heard what this guy said. He came back to me and cussed me out. He got extremely angry at me, and I was thinking, well, I didn't even say yes. I didn't agree with him. He said, but you didn't say no. I'm not crazy. And I felt, I felt like running away. I felt like I ruined it. In other words, the groundwork that had been laid, I just, I failed. There was really only one thing I could do, or that I felt that was right, and that was apologize. And that wasn't even good enough. He still cussed me out. The next day he came back in, I apologized again. And he still kept mentioning it. That I didn't stick up for him. Today we're good friends. He still comes by every once in a while. And I can, I can visit with him. But I've thought of that so many times that just by one time when I didn't stick up for him, that he got extremely upset at me. And I felt like that day... My candle went out, and I had to work hard, I mean, day after day to get that thing relit in that scenario. But yet, I don't dwell on that, because as you read the Word of God and as you share the Word of God with people, whether it's physically sharing the Word of God or being a nice person or sharing in some act of kindness, that is what the world wants to see out of its Christians. They might not be interested so much in our knowledge and how many scriptures you've memorized. They want to know how much you care, how much you help them. And it's not always fun. It's not always fun to drop what you're doing and helping somebody. But that is what God is is saying here in verse 16. It says, let your light so shine before men. If I was to ask you in the Old Testament, what is one person that comes to your mind that failed? in his mission work, who, is, who would that be? Just go ahead and spit some names out. Who was one person that failed pretty miserably in listening to God? Who? Judas. Judas? Jonah, and that's the name I was thinking. Jonah said, or God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Now you would think as a, as a man of God, if God sent me there, I'm going to go, but... I mean, you know the story how he he just went the opposite. If God said go east, he went west. I'm not going to go to those Ninevites. And so he ran away and he ended up being thrown into the sea and finally realizing that there was no way he can hide from the presence of God. But he came back and through miraculous the whole city repented. I mean, I can imagine Jonah's like, what what just happened? I, I didn't even do much and these people are repenting in sackcloth and ashes. And He was a man that um, I believe and I don't know what, he had three days to think about it in this smelly, the belly of a fish. He had three days to think about what did I do wrong? How can I get out of this situation? I don't know how to get out. And I think at that time he was like, I blew it. My candle went out, my light went out. There was no way to get out of this again. But I believe he he prayed and I believe that God answered his prayer and it was no longer about Jonah anymore. It was about God working. What about the New Testament? What is one person you can think of that failed miserably in his work? What's one person that comes to your mind? Demas? Demas? Peter. Peter. That's the name that I've written down, Peter. He was a person that, I mean, you say it first and then think later, right? And that's kind of how I envisioned what Peter was. And he said, I will never deny you. He said that to Christ. I'm a, I will follow you till death. I, I will never deny you. What does he do? Within a week, he denied him. And I believe Peter felt like, I just put the flame out. I, I don't have any light to share and shine anymore. But yet he came back, and he ended up being on fire for God. His, I mean, I think he had a torch after that. He's like, forget the candle. I'm going to go to the torch. And Peter could have said, who's going to listen to me anymore after I denied Christ? Who will listen to me? Just like Jonah, who's going to listen to me after I ran away from God? But you see, it's no longer about Jonah. It's no longer about Peter. It's about God. Let your light so shine before men. Another story is, so years ago when, when our family went to Belize, you know, we were missionaries doing God's work and. It was very important that i don't try to offend people and you want to be nice to them in fact you want to win them to christ you don't want to you want to go i mean you're going down with your candle lit you don't want to blow it out down there and then um, about a year and a half into it i had an accident and almost killed a guy and so i'm supposed to be down here helping people instead of killing people i mean i didn't go down there to, to kill people and or to hurt them and my flame just went out. I mean, I was like I'm no good. There's there's no point in being here because whatever message I I tell them, they just remember they can remember that and they're like, "Oh, that's what I'm good for. I'm come, I'm good to come down here to hurt people." But I think God helped me through that in understanding that it's not <clears throat> it's not about me, it's about God. Wednesday evening when Um, Zach shared about missions Um, I was amazed at some of the stuff he shared and how how our perspective in this world and and how the perspective of other people or their values are way way different and how much how little resources we put into actually spreading the word of God and I think he mentioned one of the stats he mentioned was there are more people spend more money in the United States on on Halloween costumes for their pets than they give in missions. And it's just mind-blowing. Like, I mean, why why is that disparity there? And I thought, you know, that is one way that we can let our light shine, is giving to missions. So while you think, you know, there's a verbal part, you can actually share Christ with somebody, sending money to missions is another way to let our light shine and and having a burden for the people the other um how to put our fire out is is when you read matthew 5 3 through 12 is doing the exact opposite what's there so instead of being meek be proud instead of being humble be proud instead of being peacemaker be a a person that stirs things up have anger and just blast people. Um, Being pure in heart, being unpure in heart. Being seeking after righteousness, how about seeking after unrighteousness? Those are things that will light, that will put your candle out. And I think we all would know of people that profess to be Christians and they didn't do what the Bible says. They didn't do what God says. And, And our perspective of that person is, He's not a Christian. His, his light doesn't shine. Years ago, I think it was soon after we were married, we were at a pizza place in Iowa City, and there was two or three young Mennonite boys in there that I didn't know really well, but I knew who they were. I knew where they belonged at least. And in that particular restaurant, they, you paid after you ate. Well, they had got a booth right inside the front door, and they ate about one or two slices, put the little cork hot pad thing on top of it, and walked right out the door. And we were so astonished that we didn't even do anything about it. Like, I mean, we should have like ran after him. It's like, get back in here and you, you know. Um, but we were so astonished. I was so astonished that, who, who are these people? They claimed, they go to church. I know they do. They claim to be Christians. And they did that? Where was their flame? Where was their influence? Where was their light shining? And I looked back at that, I was like, Maybe, I, maybe maybe my flame was out. Maybe I should have gone and told them to come back in and pay. Maybe I was just as much fault as them. Going on to the middle part of the verse, it says that they may see your good works. And I thought when I read that verse, I like, well, where do our good works have part in this? Because the Bible even says that your works, your good works are as filthy rags. Your own righteousness is as filthy rags. So where does your good works come in? I don't believe there's anywhere in the Bible that it says that we shouldn't have good works, even though it says that our own righteousness is as filthy rags. But when you study Christianity and the life of a Christian, there's good works throughout. I want to read um, several verses in Matthew chapter 12. If you want to turn forward to chapter 12, <clears throat> I'll be reading verses 34 through 37. And Jesus is speaking here and he says, "O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasures of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things." But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And God here, or Jesus, makes a very clear distinction between evil and between good. If you are saying you're a follower of God and don't have the goodness coming out of you, then are you a true believer? You see, it's just like these people I was telling about is if they claim to be Christians, but yet they stole. Are they really Christians? And I'll let God be the judge on that. I would. I mean, I look at that and I was like, well, you you can't have Christians don't steal. Right. I mean, that's what I was taught. So out of the goodness of your heart, if they were truly wanting to share the light of God, they wouldn't have done it. And that's that's the way I think. Because if I'm trying to witness to people, now now flip that around. If they would have said, well, I'm going to steal a pizza and then next day I'm going to come back and I'm going to witness Christ to them. How how does that work? I just stole a pizza from you and you need to learn about Christ. See, it doesn't make sense. You don't have evil in your heart and claim to be good. Because out of your mouth, the, the things that come out of your mouth is what's in your heart, is the abundance of your heart. I also have um, an excerpt from, it's called the Westminster Confession of Faith, and there are six things that are listed in there, and I'm going to pretty much go verbatim through that, um, so it's not my own writing, it's from the Confession of Faith, and it states that there are six benefits of good works. And I, I do want to be clear that when we, when we speak of good works, if we go with the last part of the verse, of our, our theme verse this morning, is it's to glorify the Father, and that's the purpose of the good works. And it's also the purpose of shining the light of you as individuals. It states there are at least six benefits of good works. First, good works manifest our gratitude to God for the gift of his Son. And it uses Colossians 2.6 as the verse. And it says, as ye have therefore received Christ, sorry, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Second, good works bolster assurance of faith. 1 John 2, 1 through 6. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. For he saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought also himself to walk, even as he walked. Third, Good works are a means of encouraging other Christians towards greater acts of Christ-centered love. Hebrews 10:24, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Fourth, good works are concrete avenues for adorning the doctrine of God, our savior in life and ministry. And in Titus two, seven through 10. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, Gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things. Not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Fifth good works silence critics who devalue the goodness of biblical christianity in first peter 2 12 and 15 having your conversation honest among the gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify god in the day of visitation for so is the will of god that with well-doing he may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men and i want to stop right there um, with that in First Peter 2, 12, it says, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. And I think that is so important as Christians in our community. If you've ever noticed that you meet somebody for the first time, they're extremely nice. You meet with them two or three times, and they're not quite as nice anymore. You spend three years with them all day, and you see their weaknesses. And you, and you still like them, but it's just not the same feelings when you first met him. You guys experience that? I do. Um, So the question is, let's turn that around. So when people see you for the first time, what do they think? Man, he's a nice guy or a nice girl or lady or man, whatever. What about if they spend every day with you or meet with you every week and they learn your weaknesses? What What is other people's perspective of you? And that is a question that I don't answer or ask myself enough because, well, I think, well, I'm I'm a decent guy. How many people have I hurt? How many people, how many things do I do? Like, I mean, this morning I told you guys to bring candles. Do you guys think I'm weird because I did that? I mean, these are, these are things that I can ask myself. Or do you like it? I don't know, that's not why I did it. I did it because I'm a visual person and I like to see things that stick with me and so, but do I offend people sometimes throughout the week? Do I say things that are unkind? And I don't like to do that. I don't like to, but I do it. I guess that's that's some of my weaknesses. I don't I don't intend to do I don't intend to hurt people, but I do hurt people. But it's important as Christians that our conversation or our lifestyle is honest among the unbelievers. I think that's what he's hammering home here is that Because if people, if if you were to take into court, what could be brought as evidenced against you if if you were standing before God? And that is something that I believe we need to take seriously. For it is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Can you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men by the way you live, by your good works? Continue on with the six. Good works glorify God by displaying his work of love in our lives. John 15:8 through 11. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. full. So by our good works, by our life, we are in a sense producing fruit, and that's what God wants. He wants the fruit that comes from our life being displayed. The last part of the verse says... um, And glorify your Father which is in heaven. And that's probably the most important part of this verse, is to glorify our Father which is in heaven. What is the main purpose? We have to understand that God is our creator. We didn't just happen. We didn't come from monkeys. We didn't come from slime on a pond. God created us in his image. So as we're created in the image of God, we also need to glorify God. John chapter 16, uh, verses 13 through 15. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So in a nutshell, what he's saying is that as a candle burning, that light you see is God himself. So as a light that you're portraying to the community, what is that light? I'm not sure how to illustrate it properly, but I think if we were to take a candle and put a spotlight that's the brightest spotlight you have ever seen and shine it on somebody, you no longer see that person anymore, so bright. And I believe the presence of God is so bright that, well, it's, I mean, it, 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 it brings details, but it diminishes who we are and then shines Christ. And, I, and that's what I would like to portray this morning is that as we glorify our Father, it's not our light shining, but it's the light of God. Because if it's just your light, that's who people are going to see. It's you. But if you shine Christ's light, they will see Christ. I also believe that the, the three parts of this verse, letting your light shine, your good works, and glorifying your Father can be mixed up in three ways. It's like a three-fold cord mixed together. So as you glorify your Father, you will let your light shine. You will have good works. As your good works are shown, you will glorify your Father and your light will shine. You can mix them up anyway, but, the, but you put the three together, and they, they mend really well, and it's really strong. So you can't have let your light shine and have bad works, and glorify yourself. That won't work. You'll have a very frayed cord. And you can't say, "I glorify my father, but snuff your light out." If your light does get snuffed out, light it again right away. Get it lit as soon as possible. In closing, I do have a poem, and it says, Let your light shine, let it glow, let it burst, so that more hearts after Jesus will thirst. Let your light beam, let it radiate, let it spread, so that more souls to Jesus will be led. Let your light sparkle, let it gleam, let it glisten, so that more minds about Jesus will listen. Let your light shimmer, let it transmit, let it radiate, so more of the lost to Jesus will migrate. Let our light ooze, let it seep, let it exude, so that that Lord Jesus, we can bring more to you.